Jesus is no nonsense. He's not playing a game with people. The guy that came to him one time and says, you know, what do I need to have to do to have eternal life? He said, well, give everything you away and come on, follow me. And the guy was sorrowful. Jesus didn't chase him down the road. He's a lot tougher cookie than you think he is because men followed him. He's no sissy. He's no coward, not even by a stretch. So he said what he meant and meant what he said. And sometimes he wasn't always what you would call nice. Now, let me explain that to you. Let me explain what I mean by that to you. Real manhood in America has taken a raw deal. You know, it's amazing how many people want to turn me into a big sissy because I'm a pastor and I'm not going to go down that road. I didn't stop shooting guns. I didn't stop fighting. And I, and, I, and, and I didn't stop telling people the truth. And there's people who can't handle that because I'm just not so loving. Well, I might be the most loving person you ever met. Now, I'm going to prove that to you tonight. I'm going to show you something about love that I want you to walk away. Because, you know, being a parent, there's a scripture that says if you love your kids, beat them with a rod. He said that you won't kill them. Are y'all out there? Well, you know, I just know, didn't know whether spank them or love them. Last time I saw spanking was love. Amen. Let that little brat get away with that. You know, I was in a store one day and a lady came by, his kids screaming and hitting, just beat, hitting their mama. Just little, little boy, little boy. I said, you, you want to borrow my belt? If looks could kill, I'd have dropped dead right there in Winn-Dixie. But uh, if she loved that kid, she'd have carried him out and would have said, you bet, buddy, give me your belt, I'll tan this boy's hide. Because he'll stop doing that if she'll discipline him. Amen? And that is love. And you don't think God won't discipline you, then you don't know him very good at all. So it says, as he gave commandments, love one another. But here's my question. What does it mean when it says we love as he gave us commandments? There's a lot more in there about love than we've ever. Because in Matthew 5.10, I just put up on the screen. It says, you're the salt of the earth and you're the light of the world. And I want you to pop it up and I'm just going to read it. Um, it says, blessed are those who persecuted. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to read all this. Blessed are those that are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Let me stop right there. If you're not getting persecuted, it's because you really aren't light. If everybody likes you, you're not a good Christian. Because in the world today, they ought to know you're a Christian without you ever saying a word. So what, now the reason we don't talk is we don't want to be persecuted. We want everybody to like us, and we think that's love. But it is not. If you love people, there will, you will create trouble. That's a load. Blessed are those that are persecuted for righteousness. That means for living right. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Let's go. Blessed are they when they revile you. Some of y'all never been reviled in your life. Persecute you 
and say all kinds of evil against you, not because you're mean and ugly and bad, but for my sake. Let's go. Rejoice, be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, so for so they persecuted the prophets that were before you. Now, let's stop right there. Leave this up there. But why did they persecute them? Because of what they said. What did Jeremiah say to Israel that caused them to throw him in a pit? What did Daniel say that got him thrown in a lion's den? What did David say to his family that got them kicked out of Israel? What did Jesus say that got him nailed to a cross? What is it that you've been saying that's bothering people? Or are you bothering anybody at all? Or are you just going to be quiet and call it love? I'm going to show you tonight from a scripture in the Old Testament that is exactly the opposite of what love is. If, you're love, if you love people, you will be vocal. Amen. I'm going to prove it to you. You're the salt of the earth. If salt loses its flavor and it says savor, it should have said savor. How shall it be seasoned? It's good for nothing. So if your Christianity is not preserving anything, changing anything, or salting up the area around you, you are worthless and to be trampled underfoot. You basically have a worthless Christianity. Now I'm going to say something to you right now because I'm thinking about it. People think, well, you're not supposed to preach on politics. Well, I'm going to beg differ with you. He told you and I to change the world we're living in. We're supposed to change the world. When, I, when, you, when you're a school teacher, your class should be Christian. The principal should be a Christian. The mayor should be a Christian. And the chief of police should be a Christian. Yes. And we wouldn't have the problems we're having right now if they were. But we've never really taught anybody that he told you to go in the world and change. You and I are supposed to change the world with our walk with God. He said, you are 11. He wants your Christianity to leaven the whole lump of bread and make the whole thing rise. That is what we're, I'm supposed to be raising up the teachers, the moms, the dads, the businessmen in a church to be Christian, not Sunday, but all the time. You should be the most honest car salesman on the planet. You should be the most godly mayor in the planet. And you should be in church learning about Jesus and take Christianity to work with you. And once the nation becomes Christian, and it was at one time, then, then that's where that's, that we actually did this once. But we fell away from it because Christians stopped being salty. We should have said something in Roe versus Wade. We should have said something when they started having sex on, in movies. We should have said something when they started taking their clothes off and calling it art. We should have said something when they started abortion. We should have said something. Yes. Yeah. But we kind of went, uh, that's Hollywood, you know. Right, right. Just don't buy the movie, Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Well, look at us today. Now we're eating and we're going, hmm. And we still got 70% of the pastors wouldn't, don't even use the word S-I-N in a sermon for fear of offending you. Well, they're offending God. And I'm going to tell you, that's not very good. So let's go. You're the light of the world. You're a city set on a hill. You can't hide a light. You don't hide lights. Do they light a lamp and put it under a bucket? No. And they, so it gives light to all that are in the house or all that are in the world that are all there. So let your light shine before men that see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. All right, 
We're supposed to be salt and light. Let's look at another scripture here. I want you to go, uh, well, 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 well. First, John 1.17, pop that up. Now, now listen to this scripture, and I'm going to quote it. In Matthew, it says, grace and blank came through Jesus Christ. What's the, what's the blank I left out? Truth. He didn't say grace and grace. What is grace? Unmerited favor. Should we preach the goodness of God? You better believe we should. Because I'm where I am today because of the goodness of God. I was a, I was a heathen. Dope smoking, crazy, wild heathen. I got thrown out of a city. B.C. before Jesus. So I think, I think God takes the sorriest, worthless people on the planet and makes pastors out of them. Because we don't wonder how we got here. Let me tell you a little secret. If you're riding down the road in the country and you see a turtle on a fence post, what do you know? He didn't get there by himself. Some idiot put him there. Now, God's not an idiot. But when you see a farmer, dope smoking hippie, Preaching, I'm a turtle on a fence post. Somebody put me here. Because yeah. I didn't get here by myself. <laughs> but I remember the goodness of God. Yeah. And, it, and it causes me to be very gracious with sinners, with people who come in. I'm very gracious with people who are not living right. Because I understand. I've been where you are. I know exactly what you are going through. So that's why we keep the church doors open. That's why when you come in, we love you. But at the same time, he didn't just give us grace. He said grace and truth came through Jesus Christ and truth has fallen in the streets. Truth is not preached much because truth is controversial. Now, I'm going to say something to y'all right now. And, and, and the people I'm thinking about aren't in the building. So don't, you're not in here, but I'm going to say it anyway. I learned a long time ago that if I tell you everything I know, you couldn't handle it. I actually spoon feed y'all. There's a lot of things y'all need to be learning, but I already know one Sunday sermon and I pour truth on you, there's about 15 of you would scatter in the wind because you're not really ready to hear what God wants you to do. Now, I had to learn that the hard way because I lost friends because I, I loved them. So I had to learn to balance out and do a Brother Hagen and spoon feed you a little tiny bit of truth and watch you choke half to death and hope you come back next week. That's the truth. I'm not going to tell you when I'm doing it because I don't want you to go, oh, anytime you don't agree with the Bible, you're not real bright. <laughs> there, there I go. That's about it for the night. And all of y'all got something you're like, I don't think I like that scripture. Or I'm smarter than that. How would you like to have been Adam and Eve and Eve go, I just don't really think I see what he's talking about here. Well, was God wrong? Well, the scriptures you're not doing right now, he's not wrong about that either. You are. I'm not going to go, I'm not even going to mention what they are because I, I want to see y'all next week. And I know, I know, I know that I know that I know that I know there's certain subjects I bring up to y'all. 
It's like a five-year-old talking to you about cleaning your room. You just freak out. One day you're going to get a job and buy a house and have kids. Ah! <laughs> Too much. All right, I want you to do this. I want you to go to Leviticus chapter 19. And this one's going to, this is a very, 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 very important scripture. If we don't do anything else tonight, we're going to do this one. Leviticus 19, verse 17. Now, you do remember, y'all remember in Matthew 22, Jesus, they said, what is the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord to God with all your heart and your neighbors yourself. Do you know what scripture he's quoting? This one. And I'm going to read to you the rest of the story. What was he saying? I'm going to show you what he said loving your neighbor is. Y'all ready for this? Fasten your seatbelts. Verse 17. Leviticus 19, 17. You shall not hate your brother in your heart. You shall surely rebuke your neighbor and not bear sin because of him. What does it mean? That means if you see somebody that you love doing wrong, correct them. Because not correcting them is hate. You say, well, I know a girl right now who's, um, who's fixing to have an abortion. Well, I want you to go talk to her. Are y'all listening? It got quiet in here. Well, I know a man right now that's living with a girl. I want you to sit down and have a talk with him. Well, I've been praying for him. Well, you coward. Why do you hate them? They're destroying their life and you're letting it happen because you're afraid. That is not love. You know how many times I've had people get on to me as a pastor because I wasn't very loving? I had to pull someone off in the back and tell, I've told young men to quit going to Starbucks and sitting with the girls in there and you're married. And they went home and lied to their wife and lied to their mother-in-law and left the church and told me to take a long hike off a short pier. And then I had three more Christians in this church who are just nosy little busybody idiots that heard about how mean I was. You don't have a clue what went on. And I just keep my mouth shut and let you idiots go. Are y'all out there? This sounds bad. I know this does. Because what do you want me to do? Stand up there and go, well, I'm going to tell you what he did. I'm not going to do that. Because he might repent and get right with God, and I'm not going to trash his name out. But I am the sorriest dog you ever met in your life. I absolutely had no business talking to that boy. Yes, I did. Better believe I did. That, I, I'm not going to tell you all the stories. I, I'm not going to tell you all the homosexuals I've gotten born again in my office or the marriages or the adultery or the thieving and all the lying. And I don't come out here and tell you squat. But you know, Pastor, you are one rough character. Never mind. Are you all out there or did you go home? Your neighbor's not saved. I'm praying for them. Well, why don't you go to their house 
and sit down with them and open up a Bible and talk to them. Well, they don't believe in Jesus. Well, why don't they believe in Jesus? Because nobody ever cared enough to go over there and sit down and talk to them. And then after they tell you they don't like you and they think you're an idiot, well, then bake them a cake and go back over next week. You're not supposed to fall apart because someone doesn't like you. You're supposed to love them anyway. But, but now go back to the scripture. Come on, I'm reading it. I want y'all to, from now on, I want you to have a good understanding that love does not let your neighbor, your, your friend drive home drunk. Love does not let Christians live like the devil. I don't mean condemn them. I'm not talking about jumping in their face and making them feel like a dog. I'm talking about you sitting down and looking at a man and going, son, let me explain something to you. You're married, you got two children, and you don't need to be running around with, with women. You're not married to. Listen, son, listen, just listen to me. I'm trying to save your marriage. I'm trying to save your wife. I'm trying to save your kids, and I'm trying to save you, and you're stupid. Stop it. Amen. Is that love? You better believe it's love. I didn't say I was going to come out here and tell everybody what you did, but if I find out about it, I'm going to take you in the office. I'm going to talk with you. Now, everything you do, I'm not going to pull you off because I've got enough sense to know that everybody has a stupid moment. You know the difference between the people in jail and the ones that are not? The ones in jail got caught. The rest of us didn't. Say amen. amen. I believe in mercy. But I'm going to read it again because I need to move on and I want, to, I, want to, I want this to seal in you. You shall not hate your brother in your heart. You shall surely rebuke your neighbor and not bear sin because of him. Um, that, that, that's what Jesus was quoting. You'll love your neighbor as yourself. When... when when you're destroying your life, you want someone to stop you. Policemen are love. The best thing you could do for Antifa, put them in jail and leave them there until they get a clue that you don't do that. That's not love. So you're going to go out and make everybody else in society suffer because you got punks? Wrong, 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 baby. So a lot of stuff that the police are getting blamed for, don't, when they tell you not to get out of your car, don't get out of the car. If you reach in the car and grab his gun, dummy, he might shoot you, and I am glad he did. Oh, boy. Boy, I'm going to tell you, that's racial. You know, I, have, I don't have as much trouble with cops now that I don't do all the bad stuff I did. Eli, tell me that I'm telling the truth. Come on, just... You know, if the sign says 45 and you're doing 45, there's a good chance you won't get stopped. Just a thought. <laughs> oh, boy. You, you, know, you would never have thought 20 years ago that we ever even had to say that from a pulpit. Because you didn't. 
Society had that much sense. Sinners 20 years ago were smarter than Christians are now. This is called hate speech in Washington, D.C. That guy's a hate monger. All right. Ezekiel 33. Can we go deeper here? Thank you. I want to, I, I love the amens back there. You'd have no idea because I want to make sure I'm, I'm okay. Ezekiel. Woo. Ezekiel, baby. Now I got to find it. I don't even know if I know where it is. Is that Old Testament somewhere? Ezekiel 33. I, I do want you to look in your Bible if you have it. I really, I really want you to read it. I want you to read it. 33.7. So you, son of man, have made you a watchman on the house of Israel... Now, he's talking about pastors here. Therefore, you shall hear a word from my mouth and warn them for me. When you say to the wicked, now understand, we're talking about the unsaved, but we could also be talking about the backslider, couldn't we? Those that are doing wrong. Can we do that? Can we go there? All right. Oh, wicked man, you shall surely die. And you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man will die in his iniquity and his blood, I'm going to require it at your hand. You're going to answer for your family members that die and go to hell and you said nothing. Well, you know, I was, I was praying for him, Hallelujah. Well, let me give you a little truth here. People are not set be free by prayer. Pray that God would open a door for you to talk or for them to have someone else. But you need to pray and then you need to ask God, do you want me to say something to them and not worry about it because you're going to stand before God and give an account. You're going to answer to God for every person born again in these altars. And whether you come to this church, if you're supposed to be here and not working, you're going to answer to God for that. Well, I don't even know them. Case in point. Well, I've been coming to this church for six months and I don't know anybody. That's your fault. Do you know how to spell lazy? It's not hard to get to know everybody. Find about 10 people and start helping them out a little bit. Don't shout me down. We're going to have to learn a new word in the Bible in this church called responsibility. Jesus was a servant. You're a Christian to serve. You don't serve sitting at home. You serve your family. That's selfish. And let me tell you, the church down the street that you're going to run to after the sermon is as bad as I am. I know. You know how I know? Because all the idiots that left here went there. I shouldn't use that word. I'm, I'm trying to be funny, but maybe I'm being crude. That's a little tiny bit of truth in that. Let's, let's finish this. Are you all okay? Because I want Nevertheless, if you warn the wicked to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way, you have, 
You shall, he will die in his iniquity and you delivered your soul. So let me ask you a question. And I'm not saying you're responsible for every sinner in Apopka. That's why you join a church and as a church, you work in a city. And so you can have a part in that. And I'm not talking just putting money in. Well, I did my part. My job was to put a little bit of money in off my plate. Oh, I'm sorry, sir, but you're, there's a whole lot more to your Christianity than put a little money in. A sinner can put a little money in. In other words, sheep are messy. Barns are messy. Poop is messy. And people poop. After y'all leave, we're going to clean this place up. And it's just going to be look like a bunch of sheep came in here tonight and just messed up everything. And that's normal Christianity. That's normal life. That's normal world. If you're a farmer, you, you get to shovel manure. If you're a pastor, you shovel manure, and then you find people want to help you shovel manure. We want to put hay out. Everybody wants to put hay out, but hay produces manure. Okay, y'all, they didn't get that. I'm going to read it again because I love the scripture so much. When you say to the wicked, O wicked man, you'll surely die, and you don't speak to warn that wicked. He'll die in his iniquity. His blood I'll require at your hand. Now, a while ago, I was getting just a little bit strong, but I, I, I think every once in a while I need to stop the childishness. Stuff goes on. People are people. They do things wrong. If you don't know what's going on, don't assume you do. I was, I was talking to the Lord one day about a, a pastor friend of mine who had a church and it didn't do very well. And I'm riding down the road and I said, um, what happened to brother so-and-so? And I mean clear as a bell. He said, that's none of your business. I thought, what side of the bed did you get out of? <laughs> and, and, and then it dawned on me, it's none of my business. What what, what's it to me? Was I going to help him? I'm just running my mouth and calling myself praying. And I never did it again. I never did. After that, I see stuff and I go, there's a God, Daryl, and you're not him. Shut up. And then I got to thinking, I wonder if everybody talks about my stupidity. I know they do, but that's none of your business either. I had a lady one time, she, she got in my face, started telling me what to do, and I went, I'm already married. <laughs> I said, one woman telling me what to do is enough. She looked at me like I was crazy. I went, no, I'm being serious. See, I don't mind Lisa telling me what I'm doing wrong, but you be quiet. Amen. And then I've even instructed her. When I bomb on Sunday, say nothing on the way home. Wait till Tuesday. Wait till Tuesday. Because <laughs> it's obvious I already know I was the dumbest thing in the world anybody ever did. And, you know, I can't just go back and go and undo it. You know, in a video game, you can go shoot over again. 
Man, I wish I had some Sundays I could go, do over again. Yeah, and I don't. And I found out people, they, you could preach 51 beautiful sermons at 52, they will leave. You know, he didn't, oh, I don't believe he said that. I told Lisa, I says, you know, there's a problem with evangelists. We were talking about a certain young man that we both know who preaches to street people. And he was preaching in a church not too long ago, and he used language that most people don't use in church. I don't mean he's cussing. He's just crude. And I said, you need to understand. Am am I all right? I mean, you're stuffing my pocket full of stuff. Um, And I said, you need to understand, this guy is used to to preaching on a platform outside with the average normal human being, not not Christians. And he's using terms that are street terms. I remember one Sunday I came in and I said, you know something about being horny? And I mean, the whole building went. And I went, did I say something wrong? And everybody's like, yes. And I said, woman of the night. I said, but it's not always done at night. And I mean, by then, I knew I lost the whole church. I just lost everybody. They were like. (laughs) I had to go home and study. What, What term do I use in this situation? And then I found out that when I go home with y'all, you talk like heathens at home. Just don't do it when you come in the door of the church. (laughs) I got to tell on Gladys Morrison. Betty's here and Beltononi's here. We were sitting at the table one day and she was feeding me lunch. And she just looked at me real candid and said, Pastor, if you don't eat them beans, I'm going to shove them up your nose. I went, excuse me. And she said, we ain't in church. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I had this image of beans. What have you been doing? I've been in Gladys' house. Gladys was a wonderful lady. But (laughs) every once in a while, she'd throw me a curve real big, you know. I thought, well, honey, just don't go over there and eat. You don't know whether you're coming out alive or not. <laughs> Melanie told me the story on her one night. And a um, guy came to mow the grass in the yard. And she said, I got these holes in my screen and skeeters are coming in at night. And he said, well, Gladys, I'll fix them. And he walks up and there's like, how many perfect 38 caliber bullet holes in the screen. And he said, well, those bullets, she said, yeah, I heard something in the backyard. I went, man, don't be just walking around Gladys's yard at night. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but we'll behave in church though, you know. Now, I, I don't know whether the maze will ever come back again after tonight. Proverbs 24, they, I think they will. Because Melanie's told me a couple of them stories herself. I'm not going to tell them about the time she got out of the car and just about whooped some dude at the red light. Just whooped the fire out of that boy. But maybe, maybe I should have her come preach this. She, I think she understood this. 
I think older people understood a lot more of this than we think they do. Proverbs 24, 11. Are you all ready? Deliver those who are drawn to death. How many of you think that we need evangelism in Washington, D.C. right now? How many of you think we need evangelism all over the earth right now? And hold back those stumbling to the slaughter. And if you say, surely we didn't know this, does not he who weighs your heart consider it? And he who keeps your soul, does he not know it? And will he not render to each one of you according to his deeds? And you know about evangelizing and you know right from wrong and you say nothing. Well, I'm afraid I'll lose my job. Better than going to hell. Amen. I'm not talking about being rough and mean and crude at work. But I mean, you're a Christian and you've got principles and I think you need to stick by them. You say, well, what do you do if you're the principal of a school and they fire you? Why don't you start your own school? America would love it. That if someone fires you, start your own business. If you don't like Starbucks because they're liberal, why don't you start your own? A little lady here started Canon. She's a spirit-filled Christian. And I support her. She, she knows who I am. And, well, she knows me as Justin's father. I don't have an identity there. I walk in, how's Justin? Justin's doing good. How am I doing, lady? <laughs> Chop liver. Everywhere I go, I'm Justin's dad. I'm going, Lord, have mercy. Help me. Okay. Go to Colossians chapter 2 and let it rain. Eli, turn me up just a tiny bit. I'm hearing so much rain. I want to hear me. Colossians 2. That's good. I'm trying to talk about the day we're living in, and we're going to get a little deeper here. Let's go to the New Testament now. start with verse 6. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in him. That's you and I. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, the faith of Jesus. As you have been taught according, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy. What is philosophy. I'm going to give you the definition. Philosophy is a way of thinking. There's two predominant philosophies in the world. Two predominant ones. Number one, there's a biblical world view. And there is a secular world view. Now, Paul is writing, and he said, you beware unless people start, um, well, how does he say it here? Cheat you, the, word, the Greek word cheat is spoil, which means that just like milk will spoil, your Christianity will spoil if you start watching a secular worldview of thinking. You are supposed to guard yourself and not pick up their view. That is true. Amen. You're forbidden to have their worldview. 
They don't think Bible. I'm gonna, let's get into this a little bit. Secular worldview is man without God. Now, now let's go down some of them. Who gets to determine right from wrong? Y'all can talk. God, that's not held by ABC, CB, and, and NBC. It, oh, oh, no, it is not. Th- that view says the government tells you what is right and what is wrong, and, and you'd better listen to us. Or else. Now, let me make a statement to you right now. Journalist are not journaling. No. It's propaganda. They're liars. They don't have a biblical worldview. They don't have a worldview on that baby was made in the image of God and he's alive in the womb. That's a fetus and that woman has a right to abort it because it's part of her body. But I want to know why she got pregnant in the first place. Now, see, that's, 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 that's a biblical, I have a biblical worldview that, number one, you're not supposed to be running around having sex with everybody unless you're married. But today, that's called hate speech. Well, who, who do you think you are? Now, there's another secular worldview that, you know, right now they're giving kids uh, um, um, shots and pills until they can figure out what sex they are. Well, I can give you a mirror and you can find that out real quick. And if not, we can take you in the back room, get a couple people, we can help you come out. You're, you're, you're a guy. There's two genders. Not according to Washington. So who determines right and wrong? Right now, the government is telling you, we decide that. Well, those idiots can't run their own life. They're not running mine. I call them idiots, and they're idiots. Now, it's not just the Democrats. I think it's most of everybody. There's a few people up there that makes sense. And I'm going, woo, I hope they don't bury the poor little guys. Are you all all right? Philosophy is a way of thinking. There's a world, two worldviews. Who determines right from wrong? We say God does. If God is not final authority, who is? You, you need to ask questions. Because people are talking to you about stuff and you're going, well, wait a minute. I want to ask you a question. Where did you get that idea? They go, well, well, I feel. I don't think so. And you open up the Bible and they're like, oh, wait a minute. No, I don't believe that. Well, you believe in evolution? Evolution is not science. Evolution, there's no science in it. Not a drop. There's never been one shred of evidence that it's true. They've spent billions to prove it and you can't fill up a Toyota pickup truck bed with the evidence that they have found in billions of dollars because it's not true. It's a philosophy of us, an anti-God philosophy that's being crammed down people's throats from the time you're old enough to stick you in school. They start cramming down your throat something that's totally not science and they don't care that it's not science. Let's go down Corona. All the people that say they died, they didn't die. There is no science behind it. 
There's no science behind the mask. Not a drop. The mask is 0.125 mesh. The virus is 0.003. That means you're hiding behind a chain link fence for protection from a BB gun. You are stupid. And I'm going to say that because nobody's wearing a mask right now, but, and, 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 I, and I don't say that when I see them because I know they don't know any better and I go, oh God, have mercy, just have mercy. But, 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 what, but the kingdom of God is based on faith. The kingdom of darkness is based on fear. Why are you in fear? Why are you in fear? God didn't give you a spirit of fear. That's the kingdom of darkness. That's the philosophy of the world. Why are you in bed with the world? Well, I might die. Death and fear, are that's how Satan controls people. It's control. All it is is control. Boy, I'm doing, maybe I'm getting too strong on you. And I, we have to go away later and kill out all the idiots, stupid, all that out. And I apologize to y'all. Lisa's like, we, we all, we're going to have to do that. We're on live stream, right now. We're on live stream. Oh, my God. <laughs> Beware anyone cheats you through philosophy and empty deceit. That's lies. Climate change is a lie. You cannot change the temperature of the sun. I'm sorry. The earth, he made the earth, and you're not going to change it with your Toyota Corolla. It's the way it is. And one month, it's, uh, the, the, the climate's too hot, and the next year, it's too cold, and you want to put billions of dollars in. You can't fix the earth. The earth is God's. He didn't tell you to fix the earth. And all of these kids running around scared half to death that in 10 years we're all going to be either frozen or burned up. You're going to burn in hell if you don't change. It is deceit. It's a lie. And it was propagated to control you. That's right. That's right. Well, if you're not afraid of dying, they can't control you. God made your body his immune system. You have an immune system. It's been working for 6,000 years. And while we're on it, the doctors are not anointed. And the news reporter is not anointed. Why are you believing the news and not your pastor who is anointing with healing anointing in his hands, you goofy thing? This is stupid. That's like staying home from a Jesus meeting because you're sick. Oh, glory to God. I mean, I thought we were Christians. Jesus said the biggest problem in the last day is going to be deceit. False prophets is not talking about the preachers who are preaching that Trump's going to. It's ABC, NBC, and CBS. That's false prophets. And they're all They're all liars. But it's propaganda. And Christians are going, oh, I wonder if my stimulus check's in the mail. 
Well, they shut your business down. How's that $2,000 helping the quarter of a million you just lost? And they sent it all overseas. Oh, God, help us, Jesus. And you can't go to a military graduation because you might get corona, but you can open up the border and let every numb nut in the planet come over. They're idiots. Uh, Maybe I should start over again next Wednesday. Lest you're cheated through philosophy and empty deceit. Let me see if I got all that. COVID is a disease, but there's no science behind. There's no science behind the vaccine. They don't even have a vaccine for the flu. And they've been working on that for 40 years. And this one, they've already said it don't work, but you have to have it. And then if you don't have it, you're a, socialism doesn't work. It's never worked. They have to make, in order for socialism to to work, they got to remove the Bible and free speech to make it work. Communism is the government doing your thinking for you. Is that what you want? Why do you have to remove the Bible to make a system work? Why did they have to take everybody's opinion off of Facebook because it might clash with their idiotic ideas? What, 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 I, I, I want, let me do my own thinking. I don't need you to keep me healthy. My, my key, I'll keep me healthy. This is called control. And you know how many Christians are just like, Well, you know, I'm just going to love the president. He's my president. He's not a president or mine. He's, I said it, and I'm so tired of preachers on Facebook talking about, well, grow up. Well, I'm not a baby either. Don't call me a baby because I know someone stole an election. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that pro-Trump or pro-anybody. I'm just saying that if they steal this one, honey, the, they're going to use the machine. Well, we'll just wait in the next election. What machine do you think they're going to use? House Resolution 1. Paper ballots will be legal. Will they? Yes. Glory. Now, again, listen to what he said. I believe that there's enough Christians right now that are starting to get mad. And I think, I think, I think God is, I think God allowed this for you to go, oh my God, we're losing our freedoms. I think even Democrats are going, oh crap. I do. Even people overseas are going, "Uh uh-uh. And they're not even Christians. Okay. I'm glad to hear that. Gender confusion. I, no, no, no. Just go next page. <laughs> if you ever hear that your pastor has a boyfriend, I got to tell you something about me. It's never even been one one millionth of a temptation. 
I think men slap the ugly. I don't think you can improve on a female. I think when God made Eve, I think Adam said, whoa, man. And God went, is that her name? Okay, woman. I think he was like, Shazam, baby. I mean, yeah, I get this. Never mind. There's some things that are beyond my mind. Now, if you have problems with that, you go talk to God. <laughs> I'm sorry. And you're just mean. According to the traditions of men. What did Jesus say about tradition? The traditions of men have made the word of none effect. Traditions kill the word. Every denomination in the city has a church that was built in a revival and it died. There's people in the building and it's dead. And the people killed the move of God. Because the moment they started coming in and making all the rules and even God had to leave. And that's what's going on there. It's, an, it's a fireplace and all the wood is out. There might be a candle or two occasionally. I'm not saying all the people are bad and then say they're not, not someone born again. They may be. But I'm telling you the move of God is dead. And, and what killed it was the traditions of men. Men kill every move of God that's ever been in the earth. Because they want to step in and especially businessmen. It's my money. I need to do what I say or I'm leaving. Goodbye. I've had a man came to me one time and said, Now, Pastor, now you listen to me. You tell your wife that she's to sing fast songs until I say go to slow songs. And I said, No, sir. He says, and he got real red in the face. He said, Are you listening to me, boy? Now, this is when I first started pastoring. How old was I? 30? And he was about 50. And I said, I said, no. And he got real red and mad and stomped out like a five-year-old child and took his checkbook with him. We had another man came by and he, he built houses. And he tore up a church because the pastor wouldn't do what he said. And he met me out here in the portico. And his pastor called me and said, he's coming to your church. And I said, no, he isn't. <laughs> and he came up and said, hey, Pastor Morgan, I'm the Lord told me to come to your church. I said, what happened to you with Pastor So-and-so? He goes, oh, man, it's not good. And he, he tried to smooth and act spiritual. And finally, finally, we got down to the nitty gritty. And by the time, by time I was finished with him, he was speeding out of here and burning tires. I said, you ain't coming here either. You go home, you go back there. And you make it right with him or you don't walk in these doors. And I don't care how much money you have. Oh, boy. I shouldn't tell you all. I didn't tell you names. 
and basic principles of the world. I want you to look at 1 John 2. Is this too much? Because I'm starting to feel. Maybe it's only when I get near Lisa. I'm like, you wait till I get you home. I'm going I'm I'm to let you have it, big boy. All right, 1 John 2. Because this stuff does, it, it does bug me a little bit. What I'm watching go on. And like I said Sunday, it's our fault. It's the church's fault. We're the one letting this stuff happen in our nation. And we need to be vocal. First John 2.15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it's not of the Father but the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it, and he who does the will of God abides forever. He never told you and I to let the world influence the way we live. We're supposed to change the world. He said in Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to the world. That means we don't get our dress from the world. We don't get the way we act from the world. We don't get marriage from the world. A TV set doesn't tell me how to love Lisa and how to be a husband. Romance movies, for the most part, have nothing to do with agape. There's nothing in there about love. She was in love and then she fell out of love and another guy came along and he made her happy and the other guy was working and they fell in love. Well, you numb nut, that's not love. He said, don't love the world or the things of the world. That is a worldly philosophy. And then you want to bring that into your marriage and, and, and your marriage is going to operate like that. That's not what the Bible teaches. Get, it, get your idea out of this book right here. Oh yeah, y'all got real quiet on me. I don't know what happened. James 4.4. 4. Go to James 4.4. 4. I'm going to need you to say amen a little bit. I mean, I'm, I'm starting to get really, I feel the firewood going down. Someone stoke it. James 4.4. 4. Adulterers and adulteresses. Oh, sorry about that. Don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. We're, we're not, and I told Mary Friend this the other day, and I told y'all, I'm not wearing skinny jeans to get y'all to come. I mean, I'm just not doing it. I'm just, well, you just need to be a little bit more like the times. That's Justin's job. If you want skinny jeans, Justin will wear skinny jeans. Well, you say, well, you're not reaching the younger generation. Well, then come here, Justin, because I'm not, I don't own a pair and I'm not, how do you get in them? <laughs> or how do you get out of them? I've seen women put pantyhose on, and I mean, is that how you get in the jeans? You have to jump out of the bed and jump into them and up and down and up and down? Do you get them? Are y'all serious? I want them as baggy as I can get them, man. Just baggy, baby. Just hang off of me. Lisa's up there going. Huh? You ain't gonna never see me in no skin jeans. Does this make sense to y'all? But everybody's like, well, you gotta be more like the world. Jesus wasn't. 
How did Kenneth E. Hagin win a generation? He was like the most boring dressed, monotone Texas cowboy in the world and kids came from everywhere to hear him. Could it have been the anointing? Novel idea. I can see Brother Hagin in skinny jeans. <laughs> Not. Oh, no, okay. All right, I got some. Boy, I got to get done. I got some things I wrote down here. We cannot condone what God condemns. You can't do it. Stop thinking it's okay. There's times you have to have talks. The media today are not journalists. It is propaganda machine for the new world order. I don't have time for that. During Hitler's reign, the church was silent. How many of y'all saw the movie Band of Brothers? Do you remember in the movie when the Jews, I mean when the, when the Germans came out of their houses and went down the road a couple of miles and found the concentration camps they had no idea people were starving to death a mile from their house. They closed their eyes and pretended like it wasn't happening. Sad, sad, sad. God had to use American boys to go over there and get them free because the people, the, and we're talking church people, did not even raise up in their own country and say, this is wrong. Edmund Burke, the only thing necessary for triumph to evil is for good men to do nothing. Dante, which was not Christian. 13th century, the darkest places in hell are reserved for those who maintain their neutrality in times of moral crisis. Proverbs 8.13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. I don't know who wrote this. I, tried, I, I read it the other day. I think it was Jefferson. I don't know. In matters of style, flow with the current. In matters of principle, stand like a rock. Mm-hmm. Dr. King, the time is always right to do the right thing. Amen. The greatest fear in the world is of the opinions of others. And the moment you're unafraid of the crowd, you're no longer a sheep. You have become a lion, and a great roar will arise from your heart. It's called the roar of freedom. Lions roar. Sheep do not. I roared a little tonight, didn't I? Politicians only care about you until they get out of office. News anchors don't care about you at all. And doctors only care when you're paying them. And pastors care because the love of God is shed abroad in their heart. So who should you be listening to anyway? Now you you know, there's people in here who go, well, I I was sick and I went to the doctor, but I can't come to church. Oh, it makes sense. All right, well, if I made you mad, please forgive me. How many of y'all feel this? How many of y'all are like, like this whole thing is like, okay, 
I realize from this that the biggest problem we're having in America right now is, being, is people being a coward. Um, it is not easy to stand up in a pulpit and preach truth to people because everybody has an opinion. And I feel like sometimes I've got to explain 15 minutes to make one statement so that you're not walking out going, oh, I don't believe you said that. It's true. And so preachers avoid stuff. There's times I avoid, I avoid, you know, during the elections, I just thought, no, 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 I don't want to do this. And finally one day my heart began to bother me and I got up and I said, let's talk about the, the platform. I caught hell from people in this church. And they told me what they thought, gave me a spit bath and left. We're talking platform. We're talking abortion. Versus non-abortion. We're talking homosexuality versus a man and a woman. That's just common sense. Well, I didn't vote for the platform. Yes, you did. You're deceived. And you are going to answer to God for it. Well, who do you think you are telling me I'm, that people go to hell? I was just reading the Bible, darling. It's amazing how Christians are so far from God that something like this comes along and boy, you're like, I thought you were a lot further along than that. I think it's time for us to be vocal. I told a lady this the other day, she didn't like it. I said, your kids, and she, she said, she said, well, I just want to hug them. So that's good. I need hugs. Because they're not in church. They're not reading the Bible. They're not growing in God. And they're going to need a little bit more than hug. Because they're going to school. And they're in an environment that's not good. And, and you, you know, I just want my kids to love me. I get it. Why don't you take them off one day and open up a Bible and start talking to them about the way the world is in right now. And quit worrying about whether your kids or your grandkids love you. And why don't you tell your kids the truth? I had, a, I had a person in this church one time. I corrected their son. And they left. Because they were offended, I corrected their son. Their son was doing very, very, very bad stuff. And they're like, because if, how dare you correct my son? How come you don't correct your son? Why are you waiting on me to do it? Folks, I'm telling you all, this is... This is, I mean, pe people are funny. And, you know, I backed away for a while just doing anything except Jesus loves me, this I know sermons. And then I even had people who didn't like that. I went, all right. But I know that I'm responsible just like it says in Ezekiel 33. I'm responsible for you. When you come in the church and you get born again, you need to give him everything. And you're going to have trouble at home. You are going to have trouble at home. Your spouses are not going to like it. Your family's not going to like it. I had another man not too long ago who was praying for a family member that was, you know, not right with God. And, the, and one of the family members was embarrassed that the kid had spent some time in jail And, and they didn't want every, all their neighbors to know. So we'll just let him go to hell as long as their neighbors don't find out. 
But I mean, this boy needs to have a reckoning. And, and if it gets exposed that you didn't do your job as a dad, suck it up and go, oh, I failed him and oh, let's do something with him and see if we can help him. Don't just bury it. Right. Are y'all out there? Yeah. It's time to stop being quiet. Yeah. And I'm not talking about getting everybody's face, but I mean, it's really time to stop people and go, why are you doing that? Yeah. Can I open up the Bible and show you? Can I tell you one more story? Yes. You know, and I said this a long time ago, what's the guy that did the program, the two boys that did the program? Okay, there was two boys that did this program, the house building stuff. And they're Christians, and they got kicked off a of TV because they're saved. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, they, and, the, and so one of the boys that was worked there was, was homosexual. Mm-hmm. And, they, and he went and says, why are they uh, kicking you off? And he said, because we're Christians. Mm-hmm. He said, why would they do that? And he says, well, it's offensive to people who are homosexual like you. Mm-hmm. He says, well, I'm not offended. And, and so, the, so he asked him about it. He says, well, God made me this way. And the boy said, he did not. This is a perversion. Mm-hmm. And the boy says, how do you know that? And he opened up the Bible to Corinthians and showed him. And he says, what happens to me when I die? He said, you're going to go to hell. He said, I don't want to go to hell. He said, are you ready to make Jesus Lord? He says, yes. That's love. The boy got saved. How, how, is, how are kids going to know anything if you don't tell them anything? Yeah. This thing on face, this Facebook stuff, this is not good. Mm-hmm. That's communism. Right. You think they're not going to shut churches down next? Mm-hmm. Unless I preach what they want me to preach? Because mm-hmm. I'm going to preach what God tells me to preach. That's I want to pray for all of us that are in this room right now, and I'm, and I'm, I came in here tonight because I, I know that I know that this is, we're living in a day right now unlike anything we've ever lived in in our life. Yeah. And the problem in the world today is that we've been too quiet. Yeah, right. I, I, I want us to start raising our voices when it comes to uh, what's happening in Washington and what's happening, because there's not as many of them as you think, and they're more noise than they are fire. They're more smoke than fire. And if the church, there's only 75,000 people voted for Trump, but there's only 60-something that voted for Biden, and there's probably 50, 60 million people didn't vote at all. And some of them call themselves Christians, and they're just quiet. I think it's time for we, the body of Christ, and I think God is doing this. I think he's waking the church up. I think we're at the time of Samson right now, where Samson is tired of the treadmill. And he's about to pray for his strength to come back. Mm-hmm. Father God, I, I came in here tonight with the attitude and, and, and again to, to preach the message. I believe you laid it on my heart. And I, and I probably got a little too rough with it at times and saying things that maybe were not flowery. But it's true. We've been too quiet. The church has been too quiet in America. We've sat in the background and let... Washington, we trusted them, and, and we never should have. We've trusted preachers, we trusted politicians, and we trusted the city, we trusted, and we found out we can't do that. Father, give us the boldness right now and a lo- enough love to say the things to people, though it may create a problem, because people need truth. You said it's the truth that sets a man free.
sometimes people just need to hear the word, what you said. I think they're smart enough that once they see it in the Bible, that many of them would actually turn. I pray right now for pastors all over America that the, that the, that the pulpits would thunder with righteousness again. I pray the people would, would allow the pastors to preach passionately and to preach truth and realize that it's what God said. That all of us have changes to make. You said the righteous are bold as lions. I pray the lion in the church would roar again. I pray that we would be more like you. And I didn't even get into that tonight about Jesus and the Pharisees and Jesus and the temple. And there's so much of your character. We've, we've never really explored what you were really like. And we want to be like you. And we can't be quiet and silent and be like you. That's, that just means that we're, we're just taking care of ourselves, And that's all that is. And I pray that we would step out after tonight and be a lot more caring enough about people that are lost, their lives are not right, to sit them down and go, the way you're going, it's not good. And I ask that in Jesus' name, amen. I don't have time to get into this. I'm gonna make one more statement. Be willing for someone to look at you and tell you they think you're wrong. Do you know the difference between you being wrong and you being bad? We live in a society where everything's feely. If you don't come to church and you leave not feeling, <gasps> it was a bad service. It's not necessarily. My, my parents took me in the bedroom a couple times and I left and I didn't feel real good. But they sure did love me. Amen? Hey, thank you all for coming. If I said anything you didn't like, it's God's fault. It's not mine. He made me do it. Y'all have a good night. God bless all of you. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember... Our pastor's vision is this, we grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.